It's time for JT the Brick. How are we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? What do we want to talk about with the Raiders? So I want to see an interception. I want to see some sacks. Raiders come with four. Here comes the fifth rusher. And he's sacked! Deshaun Bauer had him around the waist. And the Raiders defense holds on fourth down. And then your boy JT got it right. JT the Brick. Always, always great to be with the Brick. I don't spend a lot of time on teams that don't make the playoffs. We talk about what matters in championships and winning here. It's Big Boy Radio. That is the best atmosphere in a preseason game that I've ever been a part of. And that's easy to say that, clearly. Get your ass out here and get ready. Here we go. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate on a Monday, JT with you. Brought to you by PT's, the best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Head on out to PTs and support our proud partner here as they fuel the monologue. Welcome to the Monday Aftermath. That's what we call the show Monday, the Aftermath, after the win, or in this case, after the loss. We spend a complete show on the game, and then we move on. And if it's an epic game, we spend two days on it. But if you lose, we do one day on it. We get it out. We get the Raider fans to sound off like they got a pair, get it off their chest, and then we move on to Arizona, which I have a lot to say with that game too. But looking back, uh, there's a lot to get to today in two hours. So if you want to get in, get in quick. We got a couple of good interviews. Matt Millen, one of the great Raiders, one of the great Raider leaders of all time, who's on the broadcast team for the preseason. He's well-versed and well up, up to speed with the Raiders, their deficiency, their strength. Matt Millen, one of the greats at the bottom of the hour. Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice of the silver and black. Mark Anderson, who covers everything in town from UNLV, the Raiders, the Aces winning, all of that. He'll join us at about 1.20, and I left a little bit more open for the fans today after hosting the post-game show last night at M Resort, Spawn Casino, I did this show yesterday. So I did the show. I'm up to speed. We listened to the coach, the quarterback. I took 15 calls from fans, live emotional fans who were leaving the game at SoFi and fans who just wanted to be first. So we're going to do it again today, and we're going to really point fingers about what happened and what the Raiders need to do going forward here. Was it shocking to me that they lost? No. I mean, the Chargers are arguably a better team. They're picked by Vegas. To be an 11-12 win team, they're picked by pretty much everybody walking the planet in the NFL media to be better than the Raiders, and they were hosting the Raiders at home in a payback game for getting eliminated last year and not going to the playoffs. It was a tough game to win. I told you it would be one of the toughest three games of the year, period, out of the 17, and I was right on that. The thing that I'm kicking myself for is the Raiders played poorly, they were not the better team, and they could have won the game. And those are the games you got to win. And that's one of the main reasons why Vegas and the handicappers set the Raiders' odds at 8.5 this year because they won a lot of games like that last year or got in position to win and they won them. And this year they're 0-1 in a game like that that they could have won. Raiders could have won that game. It's not what it could have should have radio. They had the ball back with the ability to win the game. And their elimination game last year, they had the ball First and goal at the nine with an opportunity to tie or win the game and move on in the playoffs. Different regime, but they lose the game. Now, I'm not freaking out because it's week one and going into tonight on Monday Night Football, half the league is won and half the league is lost. As I've said for decades, you don't want to go 0-2. 0-2 is a nightmare in this league. 
0-2 leads to 2-3, and leads to 3-5. and 0-2 is a bad place to be. But we also knew that the Raiders' degree of difficulty with their schedule was going to be the first part of the season before the bye week. We covered that intensely. So we know there's going to be some adversity here. And the Raiders caught adversity on the road in week one. And they got beat and they could have stole the game. It's a big topic in sports. When you get outplayed, you know, Khalil Mack has three sacks. You lose the turnover battle, three nothing. You lose the time of possession, but you steal the game and win the game. It happens in the NBA all the time. Someone comes down and hits a buzzer beater three after the team was being outplayed for most of the game. The Raiders could have won this game. They were not the better team in Los Angeles on that day yesterday. Chargers were better. Chargers deserved to win. The Chargers won the game, and the Raiders could beat them at Allegiant Stadium later in the year. Hey, man, I'm good with the split with the Chargers. I'm damn good with the split with Kansas City. I can tell you that till the cows come home on that. And you got to win the games in front of you that you're supposed to win, including the Arizona Cardinals, who got humiliated at home by guess who? Patrick Mahomes with five touchdowns. So they got humiliated. The Raiders didn't get humiliated. The Raiders just played poorly. And they lost a very close game. So wherever direction you want to go, we can go with uh, the ability to talk about what's good about this. Let me start off with the positives. Because sports radio is generally negative. So the positives is we know what Dave Ziegler's done. We know Waller got his extension. They signed all the all-pros or the all-stars, as I like to say, on this team, and they locked them up. That is the first step in winning a Super Bowl. Not this offensive line. We all know this. This is not a Super Bowl offensive line. Nowhere near it. So Dave Ziegler went out and locked up everybody he needed to lock up before it got overly dramatic. The quarterback, the edge rusher, the wide receiver that they gave up two first-round picks for, the tight end who deserved a contract. They took care of all that business. And then other people, they didn't extend. They didn't give them their fifth-year option. They didn't go out and get a right tackle because I think if you looked around the league, there wasn't one worth it. That's a really big topic around the league now. How did the Raiders go into this game with that offensive line? It's a fair question. We talked about it at nauseum the entire preseason. Why didn't they get someone? Well, who was available? An aging old guy? Dave Ziegler's not doing that. He's not throwing money away at an old aging offensive lineman who might have a year. They're trying to build something the way the Patriots did the correct way. Could they have traded for an offensive lineman? Possibly. I think they want to hold on to more draft picks. They gave up two to get Devontae. Devontae looked great yesterday. So the offensive line is, is the weakness of this team. And that's the next thing that Dave Ziegler will concentrate on. He might get a player. Might get a player soon, or we might have to wait till next year, and then they go big in that position. But other than that, everything is pretty solid on this team. It's pretty solid other than the offensive line. I'm talking about special teams, defense in general. You know, I'm not thrilled with the secondary, but it's okay. The secondary kept them in the game against Justin Herbert, slowed him down in the fourth quarter, man, when Justin Herbert could have tore the Raiders up. He was unbelievable at one point, 22-25, tearing the Raiders up, and the defense and Patrick Graham made halftime adjustments to give the Raiders an opportunity to win. The Raiders lost the game because of Derek Carr, and that's okay. Derek usually doesn't play at that level. We've been here for all of Carr's games. I was with him when he was 0-10 and started off. I've been here for the highs and the lows. 
That was one of Derek's worst games that he's played, and it was very uncharacteristic of him to throw the interceptions that he threw. That was the key to the game. Derek played poorly at quarterback, threw interceptions that he'd like to have back. It's uncharacteristic of him, and I think a lot of people are confident that Derek could bounce back from a game like that and have a really good game the next few games and get rolling again. That's the way I look at it. If you think of it differently, you have a phone number, 702-365-9200. But Derek threw three interceptions, two of them that could have been touchdowns, where he did not make the right throw. He made the right read. He threw to Waller, which I'll get to, who split the safety and the corner and could have been gone, and he underthrew it so badly that a linebacker turned around and hit him in the hands. I mean, that was a bad pass. He threw behind Hunter Renfro. Hunter will catch anything. You can throw the ball an inch off the ground, and Hunter will go get it. Anything near Hunter, he'll get unless you throw it to the other team. Derek threw it to the other team in a really bad time. And the interception to Devontae, Devontae had a step. I froze the camera. It's right in front of me three times. Devontae loves that type of ball. He beat the defenders to the end zone. He was at the end zone. All the ball had to do was hit him in the hands or extend it. Devontae would have dove and caught it. And he underthrew it, which is shocking to me because Derek doesn't underthrow a lot of balls at that point in the game. He's got the arm strength to do it. He throws for almost 5,000 yards and touchdowns. So those were three really bad passes that Derek owned it after the game, talked about it after the game, and he'll clean it up. He will clean it up. But, I mean, Raider fans are looking around going, you got to be kidding me. On all those interceptions, they weren't like collisions, tip balls, you know, where something comes out or, you know, you get hit in the pocket, the ball pops out, the defensive lineman intercepts it. Those were three interceptions on Derek that were very uncharacteristic to the three best players on the offense. Interception to Hunter Renfro, interception to Darren Waller, interception to Devontae Adams. All three. And I was shocked by it. And they still gave the ball back to Derek with an opportunity to win the game. Where he's really good at that. Fourth quarter comebacks, the ability to milk the clock, have the Chargers use their timeouts. I really did. I thought, you know, that sports gods, because God's very busy. He doesn't watch football. But the sports gods who look down at games, you know, it was one of those games where, did you see Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow had four interceptions. He was sacked seven times, a career-high five turnovers for Joe Burrow, and he threw the game-winning touchdown, and the kicker missed the extra point. I, I, I wanted one of those games. That Derek had three interceptions, but the Raiders score late. Chargers have no timeouts. Justin Herbert tries to go the length of the field. They, they either win or lose on a missed kick. I thought that was going to happen, and it didn't happen. So it's unfortunate, really unfortunate there. They lost to a really good team, 24-19. to There are things here that I think the quarterback will clean up. you got a quarterback who's first in the building, last to leave. Quarterback who's very accountable. He really wears his emotions on his sleeve when he loses games and he plays poorly. Raiders lost a turnover battle 3-0. Here we go again, not turning the ball over on defense, not jumping routes, not intercepting the football, not getting any sacks. Are you kidding me? I mean, the defense made adjustments. Graham's defense was soft in the beginning of the game. Everything was underneath. They were getting picked apart. They made adjustments, and the defense showed up. The defense definitely showed up in the second half of that game and slowed the Chargers down. 
It was 17-3 to at the half, 24-19 final. Are you kidding me? 17-3 to at the half, and the Chargers end up with 24? Well, I, you know, I thought the game would be 28-27 either way, Raiders or Chargers. Uh, the Raiders held them, and that was with three interceptions, no sacks, and Khalil Mack having three. So, you know, glasses half full, glasses half empty, whatever you want to do here. I'm encouraged with the coach. I think the coach had a really good game plan for the offense. I think the quarterback did not play well with the coach's offense. That game's on the quarterback, not on the coach. But they're a team, and it's on everybody. But we, we do sports radio. Some, you know, this is what we do. We point fingers, and Derek understands his role here, and I think he'll bounce back. He'll bounce back and have a pretty good game coming up here. He needs to have a really good game coming up here because the Raiders need a win, and they need a win badly in the home opener against a team that basically the Wolves are at the door. We got two guests coming on this week. We're good. Howard Balzer, Craig Grealou, longtime friends in Arizona. They can't wait to come on because the media in Arizona is all over Kyler Murray and that performance and what Mahomes did to that defense. So let's get to the lowlights or the highlights that became, became the game. We'll start with Devontae Adams' first catch. I mean, look, they overfed him, which I'm great with. They did it with Waller. The opener last year. I have no problem with Devontae getting all of these looks. Here's his first catch. Cars out of the gun and an empty set on first down. Settles into the pocket. Dumps it short. It's caught Devontae Adams and he dives ahead of the 35. And the connection happens on the first play right in front of Nasir Adderley. They pick up 10 on a first down. Yeah, these are Jason Horowitz, as you know, on the call. So that's nice. I, I'm all for feeding Devontae. I know people are freaking out. Where was Hunter in the first half of the game? Too bad. There's one bleep in football, as I tell Eric Allen on every pregame show. Not everybody's going to touch it on every drive. We got Devontae Adams now, the best receiver in football. He proved it in week one. He put up enormous numbers. It's a good problem to have. Are they going to get everybody else involved? Of course they are. This was a Devontae game to get him going as a Raider, and they were able to do it. Now, Khalil Mack was a problem in this game. Bosa, Bosa does not play well against the Raiders. He doesn't. I've been covered every one of Bosa's games. He's not a wrecker. Khalil Mack is. Here's the start of his day. Carr gets the snap. Looks over the middle. Chargers bring six, and they get to him. Khalil Mack coming off the right side. You got a flag now, And there sir. is a flag there, too. So that's it with Mack. You know Mack was going to get ready to go. He's going to have fresh legs. These, these edge rushers. I w- wish we would have got more out of Chandler Jones. I'm sure we will. That's a Chandler Jones type of game where he's had five. He's had five sacks in a game. Mack had three. It won't be the last time Mack does that in the NFL. He's a really good player. And the Raiders struggled with him. The interceptions, as they started to mount, I mean, every interception was a poor throw. Here's one of them to Tranquil. Carr. This time fires over the middle to Darren Waller. It's intercepted at the 45. Picked off by the Chargers. Drew Tranquil at the 35. And he's finally brought down by Bolden at the 30. I was really shocked on that. That's the interception that really bothers me because as I kept looking at the film, watched it again, watched it again this morning, Waller split the safety and cornerback. He had a step on him. Now, I'm not saying that Waller would have beat them to the end zone. I'm not saying he would have outrun him to the end zone, but if that ball is on his hands and it leads him, you know, Tranquil's behind the play. He's behind the play and turns around and makes that catch, which was a really big play. That's the type of play that the Raiders need to make, right? The Raiders need players who can make plays like that, and the Chargers did. 
And that really was a deal killer because if Waller just catches that ball and goes to the ground, Raiders have a fresh set of downs. They're past midfield, and I think the Raiders are going to score. They're going to get a field goal or a score in that game. That was a big play because Waller was open, and Derek normally makes that throw. Why didn't he make that throw correctly? I don't know. I don't think his arm's tired. I don't think there's any preseason. He didn't play enough, which a lot of fans are saying. You, I value your opinions. Derek just missed the throw. He missed the throw on that. And then the Chargers capitalize on this Carter touchdown. Snap for Herbert. Settles into the pocket. Fires towards the end zone. Down the seam. It's caught. Touchdown to Andre Carter. Carter at the goal line, and he rolled into the end zone. Yeah, that was a big play. So when, when he scored on that, it was 17-3 to with 35 seconds to go. That, you, know, that, you wanted that game to be 10-3 at the half or 10-6 at the half. That really hurt. That could have been the difference in that game, that scenario right there. That really hurt the Raiders when it came down to down in distance. The Raiders were getting the ball in the third quarter, and they scored right there. That really was a gut punch. Brandon Bolden on this touchdown here in the second half got the Raiders going, cut it to 17-10. Chargers with some confusion. They move Michael Davis from the right side of the defense. Now he's on Devontae Adams, who's in the slot to the right. Snap for Carr on third down. Pressure comes, lobs it for the end zone over the shoulder. It's caught! TDLV! Brandon Bolden over his shoulder. Got two feet down inside the pylon. And for the first time in 2022, the Raiders in the end zone. That was a nice play. Really well done. Great throw by Derek. Looking off the coverage and making that throw. Vintage Derek Carr. So at that point, the Raiders are in it. 17-10, you heard the crowd there. The crowd's going crazy. Third quarter, 12-39. And then this is it. This is the last score for the Chargers. This Everett touchdown from 18 yards out. Herbert keeps it himself, rolling out to the left, off-balance throw, back shoulder. It's caught at the five, dragging the defender. Touchdown, Everett. He caught it right in front of Roderick Teamer, and he couldn't bring him to the turf. Rolled his way over Teamer into the end zone. Touchdown, Chargers. Let me, let me make this point clear. Very important point. If you're going to have Teamer on the field, that can happen. If you're going to have Jonathan Abram, who I thought played well, on the field, at times that's going to happen. The last line of defense with Trayvon Merrig hopefully being healthy, the last line of defense for the Raiders is not Derwin James. It is not the strength of this team. So, Teamer's on the roster. Don't be surprised if Teamer gets beat on a play or two this year. He did in that game. Okay, and I'm not, I'm not blaming the game on Teamer there, but he made the roster. They didn't have a better player to put out there at that time. He's there. That's the guy. So don't be shocked when he gets beat this year. He's not going to the Pro Bowl. He's not a Pro Bowl player, and Justin Herbert is super elite. So he can make that play. So at th- that point, it made it 24-10. But the Raiders still had an opportunity to come back in the game. Still had an opportunity to come back into the game. And then as we look at these interceptions, he's Samuel with a big one. Renfro again in motion right to left. He's lined outside of Adams in the gun on first and 10. Carr, clean pocket, settles, fires, deep pass. Looking Adams in the goal line. Intercepted. Asante Samuel Jr. takes a knee in the end zone. That was a great play by Samuel Jr., but Derek underthrew it. Devontae was clearly open. Devontae, that was not a 50-50 ball. 
Devontae was open. It's on the cover of the Las Vegas Review-Journal. It's on the cover of the paper. Devont, that ball was significantly underthrown, and Devontae makes that catch every bleeping time. Everyone. 99 out of 100 if it's thrown right to him there, and it wasn't. It was an underthrown ball there by Derek, which is surprising. Again, I didn't think Derek would be underthrowing guys, overthrowing guys, getting sacked, whatever. But I didn't think that would happen there. That was a surprise. And then the Callahan interception, here was another shocker on a mistake by number four. Car, clean pocket, stands tall, throws a crossing route, and it's intercepted. Looking for Renfro, picked off by the Chargers, Bryce Callahan. Diving in front of Renfro. The third interception of Derek Carr today. And the Chargers take over around midfield. That was shocking. I mean, basically the only way that Hunter Renfro is going to be on a route and there's going to be an interception is if you throw the ball directly to the interceptor. It's the only way. I mean, I looked at it ten times. It wasn't a great route because there was coverage on the back end. The, you know, Josh McDaniel said it's sticky coverage. It was sticky coverage there. And Derek, I don't have a problem with Derek for, forcing a ball to Hunter, but he's got to lead him. He's got to lead Hunter, and then Hunter either catches that and gets his head knocked off, or Hunter catches that and goes right to the ground. But there wasn't a lot of space there to make that throw, and he was nowhere near him on that throw. You know, Carlson hit a big 55-yarder that made it 24-13. to 13, And you, you just felt like the Raiders were still hanging on. I'm at the... I'm at the M Resort there. We're getting ready. Raider fans thought after that interception it was over. It wasn't. Devontae Adams still had something to say. Carr claps his hands. Now gets the ball. Back to pass again. Fires towards the end zone. Adams reaches. Grabs. Diving grab for his first Raiders touchdown just inside the pylon. What a throw and catch. The Fresno connection works for the Raiders. And they're back within a score, 24-19 with 4.32 to go here in the fourth. Beautiful throw, better catch. I mean, it was just Devontae made a great catch. He's one of the only players in the league that can do that consistently, was able to do it. Two-point conversion failed. And then, again, the Raiders with an opportunity again. The defense gets Herbert off the field with an opportunity. And here's how it ended with a Derek Sack. Adams in motion, left to right, settles it in the slot on the right, snap, Carr, here comes the pressure, steps up, man around him, doesn't get rid of it, he fumbles the ball, and the Chargers are on top of it. Doesn't matter, it's The sixth sack of Derek Carr gives the Chargers the ball back with 1.52 to go in the ball game, and the Chargers can ice this with a first down. Raiders Radio on Compass Media and our flagship here. So the Raiders lose the game. I'd like to hear from you, 702-365-9200, 702-365-9200. And we are talking now about the aftermath of that loss. Is it at the end of the world? No. It's a division loss on the road. A division loss at home is not good. A division loss at home to a team that's a favorite in a payback game, not shocking here, but, man, the Raiders could have stole that game. And there were a lot of games around the league. The chaos of these games around the league. I mentioned Cincinnati and how Pittsburgh and the, the Niners lose in a, in a rainstorm. Niners are much better than Chicago. Uh, good news for the Raiders. The Giants beat Tennessee. 
We're going to be in Tennessee in two weeks. I'm taking the show there. We're going to Nashville. That was encouraging to see the Giants, a bad team, win that game. And you go around the league. Arizona, who the Raiders play next, got boat raced. Not good for Kansas City, who's a hell of a team, but we knew that. And, uh, you know, what, what happened to Dallas last night? I was on the air last night on Sirius XM live when Dak uh, broke his thumb or is having hand surgery. I mean, th- th- that's bad situations to be in compared to where the Raiders are at today. Uh, other than the Raiders being a little bit banged up, and we'll, we'll get more updates this week on the Raider injuries and what they're going to have to deal with. Andre James and the concussion at the end of the game. Merrig, uh, Averitt is going to be out a while here. There's some injuries here, and the depth is going to be tested. But for the Raiders, they are now 0-1 with the Jets, the Patriots, the Bengals, the Jaguars, the Titans, and they're the only 0-1 team in the AFC West because Denver plays tonight, and they're a heavy favorite. So that's where we stand again, and unfortunate. I, I think Derek, that game is on Derek, and Derek owned it, and I have no problem with that. I don't. I'm not a homer for Derek Carr. I'm not anti-Derek Carr. I just do my job. When he plays a good game, we praise him. When he plays a poor game, we spent the whole monologue on the fact that Derek didn't play well. And I know him, and I know what he's going to do, and I know his prep, and he'll get ready for this upcoming game. And it's a really big game coming up here. Uh, the Raiders are in a really good spot at 1-1 one and one if they win their home opener, get all the momentum back, and have the opportunity to get on the road and go to Nashville. 0-2 will not work. The Raiders have to be up for this game. They have to have an unbelievable week of practice. They have to be completely focused, and I think they'll be okay. I think that's what's going to happen with this team because I know they're a good team. They're a good team. they got a good defensive scheme uh, that slowed down Justin Herbert, who's one of the best players, top three quarterback in the league. Let me get that out of the way for those who think I praise him too much. He's top three in the league. Okay, he's John Elway at John Elway's age, and John Elway lost all the time, all the time when he was young in this league, in big games. You know, other than the drive, you know, Super Bowls early. He, this guy is the modern version in this pocket that we're living in of John Elway. He's going to beat the Raiders throughout his career, just like Mahomes, and you got to make sure the Raiders beat them a few times, and it evens out a bit. But he's a hell of a player, and the Raiders did a good job slowing him down in the fourth quarter to have an opportunity to win. Uh, Join me this Friday for a live broadcast from noon to two at Cafe Americano at Caesars Palace. Come by and enjoy a Modelo. By the end of the week, I'm going to have my bucket of Modelos right after that show. Modelo is an official cerveza of the writers and the official beer of fans with a fighting spirit. Modelo rooted in the heart of Raider Nation. So we were there last year and we had amazing turnout. The debut of the Gorilla Rilla bobblehead. Excited. The black hole is confirmed coming in. Our Modelo guys are coming in. It kicks off a long weekend. Saturday will be Triple G versus Canelo. That's an unbelievable fight. I'll be ringside for that. Hell of a weekend coming up here, man. This is Vegas on steroids coming up. And I'm going to kick it off Friday live, noon to 2. Cafe Americano's outside, in, inside, outside. We're on the patio right in the middle of the strip. And there's awnings, and the, it's great. It's fantastic. I was blown away when we went there. The food was good. Everybody had a good time. I'd really appreciate it if you'd come out, support Modelo, have a Modelo with me. After Friday, when I wrap that up at 2 p.m., that is Cafe Americano at Caesars Palace. If you're walking down the strip, you get the Caesars, just walk to the patio. You can't miss us there. When we come back, one of the toughest and most accomplished linebackers, Raiders of all time, Matt Millen, will join us. We'll get his honest opinion on his concerns for the Raiders from the offensive line. 
to what they need to do on defense and how do they bounce back after a very difficult loss in the division. The great Matt Millen joins us next, courtesy of Modelo. Uh, we'll turn the film on, and I'll, I'll be better about making too many, too aggressive decisions when I don't have to. You know, that's really what it came down to: is me forcing the ball to to my guys, and um, in moments where I didn't need to. Well, that's Derek Carr, uh, pretty much telling you what we knew, and he did it. And he had another press conference today, and not the start that Derek wanted three interceptions to start off the year, but I'm sure he'll bounce back. We are brought to you, and we are back with Resorts World for Monday Night Football at Doghouse Saloon right there on the Strip. There isn't a bad seat in Doghouse to watch the game. Plus, there's a sports book on site to place your bets. Incredible food and drink specials, followed by an amazing after party. Live entertainment, dueling pianos, country music. They do a great job there. Our official home for Monday Night Football. I'll be there coming up for a Monday Night Football for the early game starting at 4.15 p.m., Tennessee at Buffalo. Uh, that's the next game that we have coming up here. So I hope you can join me a week from today at Doghouse if you haven't been there yet. So we're waiting on Matt Millen in a little bit here. Uh, more thoughts about the game. Uh, Raider fans, the crowd there. I wasn't at the game. Obviously, there were more Raider fans than Charger fans there. And, you know, it was it was just tough. It's a tough, tough, tough atmosphere. Not, not a tough building to play in because the Chargers don't have fans that rock the boat and get it going there. But, you know, Raider fans, I give them credit. Raider fans show up, and they've showed up for a lot of games over the years where the Raiders didn't win. And they came in full force there, and it was disappointing for those who went to the game. If you went to the game, tell us about the atmosphere and what it was like there. 702-365-9200. Carl in Arizona. Uh, Join us here first on Raider Nation Radio. Go ahead. Hello? Yeah, you're on the air. Go ahead, Carl. Hey, yeah, I just, uh, first of all, uh, JT, I just want to say, man, uh, uh, you know, I'm a, a basketball coach uh, full-time and a musician part-time, and I do the um, coaching in Lublin, Poland, uh, about 100 kilometers from the Ukrainian border, and I just wanted to say, man, that I really appreciated uh, the piece you did where you interviewed the boxer uh, there from Ukraine and kind of brought thank awareness you. to the situation, and uh, yeah, man, I, I just really wanted to say thank you for doing that, first of all, before I um, sound off. Like hey, Carl, 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 hold, do me a favor. Please hold. Stay with me. I wanna, I'm going to go right back to you. I want to bring in the four-time Super Bowl champion, the All-American from Penn State, the Pro Bowler, the great Raider legend, our friend Matt Millen. Matt, some pleasantries. Good to see you during the preseason and a Raider alumni weekend. How was your stays in Vegas? Oh, it was great. It was great to see those guys. I haven't seen, I haven't seen some of those guys for, geez, since, man, that's 40 years already. That's terrible. <laughs> You know, Matt, it's amazing. It's amazing how Mark did it this time around because this was alumni weekend on steroids. It used to be in Napa at a vineyard, and it really makes a lot of sense to use Allegiant Stadium and the venues that he was able to use and get so many of your former teammates back. I don't know if we'll ever see anything like that again. It was that special. Yeah, there was about 300 guys there, and there was somebody there from every team since 1960, which is, you you may be right. We We probably will never have that that kind of a representation again. And it was great to see everybody. You know, it's interesting, JT, the longer you're away from the game, it's like you played with more and more guys. 
it's funny. Guys that come up to me like from the sixties and they're like, Didn't we play together? <laughs> so <laughs> But it was good to see everybody. Great. Matt Millen joins us. Matt, you've won home openers, you've lost road openers, you've been down the road with all your accomplishments. You covered this team in the preseason on the broadcast. What were your big concerns coming out of preseason, knowing that there was a change in the regime? I thought they did a pretty good job signing players to extensions, but we knew the offensive line could be a bit of a problem. That was that was the main concern. So really, for me, it was it was the uh, it was going to be that offensive line, and that takes time to develop. So that's not one of those things. And in the preseason. You know, you, now we watched it, and they were trying different guys at different spots, and they were trying to get the right people there. And then it takes time to develop as a unit. And that's the same guys over and over. And that takes time. That was my first concern. And my second concern sometimes is the physicality of the defensive front. And not necessarily for a game. You can do it for a game. But over the course of 17 weeks, that, that takes a lot out of you. And so that's the part that I was a little concerned with in that run game because if you can, if you can be physical over the course of that whole season and hopefully longer than 17 weeks, because I think they have the talent to do that, uh, that, that would be the one concern. Matt, Patrick Mahomes played a lot in the preseason. He threw five touchdowns at Arizona, a team the Raiders are going to see. Derek didn't play in the preseason, and the timing was off. I mean, all three interceptions were pretty bad. Real big misses from Derek, who normally doesn't make throws like that, where he's underthrowing Devontae for an obvious touchdown. Miss Waller, a linebacker, turned and got the ball, and he just missed Renfro completely. Very uncharacteristic of Derek Carr with those throws. What do you attribute that to? Well, so to me... You know, the whole thing's changed. Jake, you and I have talked about this before. So, and I don't want to sound like the old grumpy old player who, you know, played 30 years ago, but game speed is different. I don't care if you're practicing against another team up at, up at camp. I don't care if you're, you know, if you have 10 different practices with different groups. It's not the same. A game is a game. And once you're in that game, you, you play at a different level. You play at a different speed. And so timing is usually off. And so I, I think you have to play in the preseason. I always believe that. I know for myself, I had to get in, I had to be game ready. And so playing in the preseason is, is a great step, but it's still not, it's not the regular season. It's a little bit faster in the season. So I think it's going to take some time. And I think the whole league really adjusts. Really, it takes about a, a month now to get guys ready to play and it's it's kind of like it's like the preseason now it's 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 hard matt millen joins us you know matt keenan allen went out with a hamstring mike williams didn't have a big game and justin herbert was not at his peak in the fourth quarter the raiders still had opportunities as i said before you came on to steal that game you've played in many games like that but normally the great teams you played on you were the favorite or you outperformed a game and then a team might hang around and beat you when you looked at the Raiders and Derek getting the ball late in under five minutes with the ability to go win the game, what do you think? you think they had a shot the way they were playing or it was just not their day? Yeah, well, so, so that's the measure of a great team, right? And so I, what I thought was, you know, show what you have. Now, now's the time to do it because, really, it didn't make a bit of difference up until that point. Right. And if you go out and, and you win that game, then you show, look, this is what we are. So I was on teams literally that would say, hey, it's time to go. 
we say it's time to go, and everybody knew what that meant. And you just played at a different level, and you and you'd come find a way to win the game, and we would. And so, you know, I I think the biggest piece for me, I thought they had a chance at the end to win the game, and it, it didn't happen, but they have the talent to be able to do that. So I just think they just need to play together more. I, that's I, I I believe that from the beginning. I'm mm-hmm. not a fan of just practicing like I just mentioned. So it'll come. There's enough talent there. There's you, you can't. Funny thing, this league though, JT. This is a weird league. You know, you can have all the skill you want, be the most talented team in the league, and we proved it in '84, and still not win. Matt Millen, as we wrap it up, Matt is a former president and CEO and putting rosters together. I've been dying to ask you this. I really think Dave Ziegler's done a hell of a job with the priority. The priority was to get Devontae. How to give up two first-round picks. That's a lot. But then they were able to structure the contract. They extend Max. They bring in Chandler Jones. They extend Hunter Renfro. They extend the quarterback. And they just got Waller done before the game. So I'm looking at the offensive line going, Dave didn't see someone that important to give up a ton of draft equity to get or to go after an aging guy that was cut from another team. So one big part of this equation is he's got the stars locked up, and he took care of that. Now he's got to go fix this offensive line. How long do you think that could take, typically? Well, typically it could take – it could never happen. So, But he's, I think he's done a phenomenal job. I think he's done a really good job, and I think it's not over yet. You know, they, they, he'll have his eyes out for other guys – guys he thinks that fit. And sometimes what I really like with Josh and, and, and Zig, what they're doing is they're not just taking the player, they're taking the player that fits what they do. And so I was, I was interested to listen to what, how, he, how he described it. And so, you know, sometimes there are players out there and they can help you, but they're not going to fit what you're doing and how you're doing it. So you've got you to have a little buy-in and, and want to do what they do. And then I think, I think the equation works. So I don't think it's over yet, number one. But number two, the other key is to get the guys you have better and, and, and find their strengths. They're there for a reason. Every kid there has a skill and they, and they have abilities, and they also have things they can't do. And so it's still a learning process, especially game time and game speed. You have to know what they can do. You have to know what they can't do, and then you go from there. Well, I know your broadcast responsibilities, building furniture, your unbelievable family. When do we plan on seeing you in Vegas again? Oh, heck, after the season sometime, I'll get out there. Okay. I'll be out there. My wife and I would like to come out to watch a game. So, But that won't, that won't happen for that won't happen to the end of the year, probably. Well, let's make it happen. Everyone loves when they see you out here. You know how important the alumni department thinks of you. When you come back, you energize everybody. We love seeing you. And I'll make sure we do it on the radio again. Thanks for doing this, Matt. Not a problem. Always. Anytime, JT. You take care of yourself. You got it. Matt Millen, one of my favorites, uh, one of the best, one of the absolute best, one of the great Raiders of all time. And he's a straight shooter, right? He's a straight shooter on what happened there. Did you hear what he said? Raiders get the ball back there five minutes to go, under five minutes to go with the ability to go win the game. He played on teams that say, let's go. Now we go. And they, they're able to do that. And this team will be able to do that. And they'll win games like that. But this was a game where they could have stole victory from the jaws of defeat. They could have. They could have won the game. 
If they would have, if they would have won the game, if the, if it just broke right for the Raiders, and we don't do a lot of woulda, coulda, shoulda radio, but if it would have broke right and they got a break late in the game, miss coverage, touchdown, minute thirty-five to go, Chargers use all their timeouts. If they just sneak out of there with a win, man, the Chargers would have been get, getting some heat today. But the Chargers move on and win that game, and they did not play a perfect game. But their star Khalil Mack did, and Justin Herbert outplayed Derek Carr. And that's what they're talking about in L.A. today. That's the topic in L.A. today. And they deserve it. They won the game. Carl in Arizona, Carl, appreciate it. Thanks for the compliment uh, about the boxing interview. Jump on in. What do you got? Yeah, hey, JT. Uh, uh, my, like I said before, man, my cousin I listen to very often. We're rolling through. And um, we, had a, we had a nice little contingency uh, you know, up in Prescott, uh, Arizona for the game. Our, our band was, uh, played there a few nights before. We, we were getting ready, getting excited to watch the game. I'm telling everybody in the bar, look, I don't really care what happens in this game necessarily, but we got to give the rock to Josh Jacobs, man. And everybody in the bar is kind of like, yeah, yeah, we're talking about, we're talking about it. But here's the thing, man. Everybody's talking about the offensive line, the problems with the offensive line. I don't understand why you make the offensive line go backwards on roller skates uh, against Khalil Mack and who my cousin calls Jose Canseco on the other side because Joey Bosa is pretty much the exact copy of Jose Canseco. And you, you, you put the, the offensive line in the situation. Why are we not putting the offensive line moving forwards more, more of an aggressive approach for, uh, for, for guys that, you know, have the ability, obviously, to create a, a running game? We give, we give Josh Jacobs the ball ten times. Mm-hmm. He averages 5.7 yards a carry. Now, I don't care really what – anybody can give me analytics and tell me about yards and numbers, but um, Josh Jacobs, since he's been in the organization, has been the most exciting running back for me to watch since probably Bo Jackson. Honestly, better than Darren McFadden, better than Charlie Garner, better than Justin Fargus, better than Napoleon Kaufman, better than all those guys. I'm more excited to watch this guy run the rock because, A, he does not go down easy. He falls forward. He always gets positive yards. He always is dodging guys behind the line of scrimmage. He never goes out of bounds. He always fights for those yards. And for some strange reason, for some strange reason, on running downs where we have the ball, we are deciding to give a reverse to Devontae Adams so he can throw the ball when it's first down and you just are moving the rock, man. Mm-hmm. So, well, you're so not going to run the you're not going to run the ball when you're down 17 to three against Justin Herbert. Let me repeat well, that. If you, hold on, yeah, let me repeat not, that. Okay, I agree. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I agree. You want to run the ball? We said all week previewing this matchup. Maybe the Raiders run it 30 times because they keep Justin Herbert on the sideline. I think they could have did it. The game got out of control. They were down 17 to three. Herbert can score on every drive. So yeah, you can run with a little bit of balance. But once you're down. By double digits, you kind of got to abandon the run and go to the passing game where the Raiders have most of the strength on their team in the passing game. Again, and I'm, I, I agree with you in, in some sense to that, but there was many times where the team was in control of the offense and we uh, did not focus on just moving the ball as, you know, you're getting 5.7 yards a carry. And then, again, you said with, with under five minutes to go, we were in control of that game. You know, you can run the clock down. You can score touchdowns by running the ball. And I think a big part of it is, we, you know, you got Josh McDaniels. He's got his, uh, you know, his uh, uh, Google calendar and his gelled up hair, and he looks organized, and he looks like he's ready to go, you know, into a business okay. meeting. But when it comes down to it, man, you got to run the rock in this, in this game. And I agree. And not run the rock well. 
We did not yeah, run that- it well, and, and that's a big problem for Derek Carr. It's a big problem for the offensive line. You're putting people in positions where they just cannot really be in position to be successful for you, and I think that is a head coaching problem, and I do think it's a, a quarterback problem as far as execution. You know, he, he yeah. threw some bad passes, but, but it, ultimately you got to look at the numbers, and, and it's like, man, 13 carries like the whole game. That's all we got. Yeah, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, that's a fair assessment. I'll get to all your phone calls coming up before Harry Ruiz, so stay with me, 702-365-9200. Yeah, you want to stay balanced. You're not going to stay balanced if you're trailing Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert by double digits. You can't. So you can come up running the ball and try to keep Mahomes on the sideline and Herbert. Once they score and get ahead of you, you want to run it into the pile on first down, good luck. You're not going to win that way. Grimaldi's is hands down my favorite pizza in Vegas. Get the famous New York-style coal-fired brick oven pizza that I know you crave. I mean, it doesn't matter what type of turnovers they are. Um, you know, you're just giving the other team other uh, extra opportunities uh, to do something with the ball. So, um, you know, we're going to have to look at each one of them and, and, you know, we'll evaluate them. I thought they made a few good plays on the ball, obviously. But, um, you know, before you can win, you got to figure out how to not lose the game. And uh, that starts with turnovers and, and not giving up big plays. And, um, you know, and so obviously we're going we're gonna to need to go back to work and, and fix some of that. Well, before you win, you got to learn not to lose. How many times did Josh McDaniels tell me that in the interviews? I had a lot of interviews with him the last 10 days, and he, he preaches that. Don't lose the game. Win the game. Don't lose the game. you got to clean that up. And it was turnovers and sacks and some of those issues there, the interceptions, the reason why the Raiders lost the game. JT, welcome back. Appreciate you coming in here as we are brought to you by SamAndAshInjuryLaw.com. Because you deserve what's right if you get into an accident. I saw a big one today on 215 in Durango. A nurse got out of her car. It was totaled. It was scary. Get safe. Get to the side of the road. SamAndAshInjuryLaw.com because you deserve what's right. Let's keep it going here before we're loaded with guests in hour number two. I'll try to get to everybody. Jared in Vegas, you join us next. Go ahead. Thank you. What's up, Brick? Oh, man, this humble pie tastes like salt. Absolute Mm -hmm. salt pie. It is disgusting. Um, give it up to the to the Herbert led Chargers. Man, you were right. He does remind me a lot of Elway. I've said it to my friends in the past year or so, and man, he is he's just out there throwing darts. But I feel like um, it wasn't. It obviously wasn't Derek's best game. Mm-hmm. Um, he he missed high on Devontae in the end zone on that first on that first trip down in the red zone and then he just flat out threw it to the defender when Waller was wide open going to the pylon um you know the other two interceptions were just underthrown balls and that doesn't seem like Derek it felt like he was doing too much to me felt like he was trying to do too much and then um for me I felt like it wasn't Josh McDaniel's best game not by a long shot. I felt like mm-hmm. the constant shuffling of the offensive line. I thought we were done with that in preseason, but it carried on into the regular season. Maybe he didn't like what was going on. I mean, heck, how could you like what was going on? Well, you got to stay the course. I think mm-hmm. it didn't do us any good going back and forth and back and forth to guys that weren't necessarily injured. He just, he just didn't like something. And then 
Um, the roles reversed. Boy, blunder was Josh. We're going down. We finally got some momentum, and he calls that reverse pass, and Derek Carr gets pushed into Devontae Adams. He might as well have made the tackle on Devontae because that was just ridiculous. Joey put him in Devontae's lap. I felt like we could have done a lot of things there, but to get tricky, to try to get mm-hmm. cute, I felt well, like Derek and Josh were both were both just not on their games. And that's going to happen, but uh-huh. unfortunate to happen against division rivals because we needed sure. it. We needed yep. it bad. Yeah, appreciate the call. Got to remember, they schemed that play, and they practiced that play, and they were going to use that play when they thought it was the right time, and they thought it was the right time. They did not execute it. They did not execute it right. I don't have a problem with the trick play. We didn't see a lot of that around here. I like that. I like to see a flea flicker. I want to see reverse throws. I'll take it all, especially with Josh McDaniels. It didn't work. Let's see more of it. I want to see more. I want to see this offense be explosive. It was pretty explosive to Devontae. Miles Simmons next hour, Harry Ruiz, Mark Anderson. Man, we'll load it up, and I'll get to everybody who's on hold. You know I will. Hour one flew by on Raider Nation Radio.